Good morning. Today and for the next three Thursdays, I want to examine with you the role of the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal son. We turn to Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 25. Now his elder, brother, his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you've never given me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Holy God, once again, we've gathered here around the open scriptures, asking now that your spirit would also open our heart to the word they proclaim. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The 15th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke begins with the Pharisees and scribes complaining that Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. In response, Jesus tells three parables. In the first one, a shepherd leaves his 99 sheep to go in search of the one that was lost. We're told nothing that he left the 99 in the care of someone else. The shepherd seeks throughout the desert, finds the lost sheep, and then says, Rejoice with me, for I have found what was lost. In the second parable, a woman has 10 silver coins but loses one. She still has nine, but she tears the house apart in search of the one lost coin, and upon finding it, she too says, Rejoice with me, I have found what was lost. Then we come to the third parable, which is the well-known story of the prodigal son, who demanded his inheritance from his father, then went to a distant land and squandered it all in desolate living. Eventually, he became hungry, even starving to the point of thinking about eating the slop he was feeding the pigs. Then, according to the story, he came to himself and remembered his father's home. He rehearses a story of what he will tell his father and heads back home. Meanwhile, the elder brother is hard at work in the fields. 
When the father sees his prodigal son coming down the road, he rushes towards him, embraces him, kisses him, orders that the fatted calf be killed and that we have a celebration. The father rejoices, saying he was lost, but now has come back to life. He has been found. All three of these parables depict the joy of God upon finding the lost. This goes much to the heart of our understanding of gospel. Jesus came to seek, to save, to find the lost. Right. But you know, I've spent most of my ministry among careful parishioners, careful faculty, careful students, careful administrators and staff. So what... What do these parables have to say to those who are the elder brother or to the nine coins that didn't get lost or to the 99 sheep that didn't wander away? A shepherd leaves 99 sheep apparently defenseless in order to go and search for the one? What kind of shepherd would do that? And then upon finding the sheep, He throws them over his shoulders. He returns back to the 99 and says, Rejoice with me, I have found the lost. The 99 sheep had to be rolling their eyes at this point. (laughs) Much like the elder brother, who after another long, hard day of working in his father's fields, starts to head home, but before he gets to the house, he hears the sounds of music and dancing. So he calls one of the servants to ask what's going on. And the servant says, your brother spent all of his money on prostitutes. But now he's come home and the old man threw a party for him. He killed your 4-H calf. (laughs) And the elder brother has a little problem with this. Yeah. I get that. I grew up in a wing of the church that stressed the importance of attending Sunday night services in addition to the Sunday morning service. This is just one of the reasons that in college I became a Presbyterian. (laughs) One of the highlights of a Sunday evening service was always the testimony. And even as a kid, I soon figured out the fundamental outline of all of these testimonies. Part one is, I was a terrible person. Part two, Jesus saved me. And then you get to part three, I'm now a much better person. And sometimes what is also added is that I now want to use my life to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly. Now, to this day, I do not have any doubts about either the sincerity or the authenticity of these testimonies. Again, they depict very much our understanding and articulation and proclamation of what we call gospel. They depict conversion, transformation, renovatio, renewal. This is what we we know how to proclaim. Again, this is just in us. It's in our hymnody. If I say I once was lost, what do you have to say? 
but now I'm found, right. Yes, yes. This is the amazing grace that makes the gospel good news. But what does grace mean for the elder brother or sister or person who has been careful? Who, the person who has been trying to do justice from childhood? The person who wants to use life to provide for others and, and to do things that make a difference with life, who, who follow the rules for the people whose, whose sins are, frankly, boring. <laughs> when elder brothers try to confess their sins, they say stuff like, well, you know, I really work too hard. Frankly, for the elder brothers, like the scribes and the Pharisees, it's really hard to make sense of the claim I once was lost. Not in the sense of saved a wretch like me. I mean, maybe, maybe lost in some metaphorical sense or existential sense. But again, these people were living pretty good lives before they met Jesus. So what does the gospel have to say to those who are good? Well, it's going to take me three Thursdays to respond to that question. <laughs> but here's at least a start. I think sin is anything that separates us from God. That can be squandering your life in dissolute living. But you can also separate yourself from God by insisting on being dead right. To be dead right is to win the argument, but to miss the soul's yearning. The elder brother's argument is that the grace that the father is giving the prodigal son is not fair. But notice, the father does not respond by arguing that it is. Grace is never a matter of getting what you deserve. Grace is God's wild card that trumps both our disastrous and our careful choices. As I read it, the point of this parable is not to be right. The point is to get into the father's arms and enter the celebration. We know that the prodigal made it. And we know that his elder brother was invited. But we don't know if that elder brother, who took such pride in his careful choices, chose to also enter in to the outstretched arms of his father that were always waiting for him. As the father said, all that I've had is already yours. It always has been. But we don't know. The parable doesn't tell us. Did the elder brother take that embrace and enter the celebration? The story's unfinished. And so it's up to us 
to write the next paragraph? Will you simply receive the love, the joy, the calling that can never be deserved but has always been waiting for you? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.